Today, we're talking about ourselves. Since y'all don't know anything about us, we decided to spill all the tea. I'm just kidding. We're just going to chat about some fun things. Some are tech-related, some are non-tech. So grab some coffee, sit down at a table with us, and let's just jump right in. Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Emma. I'm Allie. And I'm Lindsay. And we're debugging the tech industry. So today, we're just going to start just doing some of our favorite things, getting to know us, grab, like Emma said, grab some coffee. So let's first kind of talk about what our favorite stack is. Kelly, what about you? So lately, it's been Gatsby. I've been really excited about digging super deep into building out our merch store. Our website is built on Gatsby, and I'm using Shopify's storefront API to integrate it into Gatsby. So I'm getting to do all kinds of fun headless commerce stuff. And I'm sure you've probably heard heard me drone on at this point about headless commerce. So I'm not going to go on too deeply about that. But basically anything I can do to make that happen. Emma, what about you? I read this question as my favorite snack. So my favorite snack, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I use Gatsby for pretty much everything I, I can. I just, I think it's easy. I think it's easy. Let me rephrase. It's not easy. I think it's easier to get started with than maybe some other technologies, right? I use React with Gatsby every day. I did have a love affair with Vue for quite a while, though, so I can understand your <laughs> point of view. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I didn't really do much with, like, backend and REST APIs on, like, a day-to-day basis, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with those. But what about you, Allie? I am a huge fan of Django, which I talked about in the last episode, but I love building APIs with it. And then I normally would do like a separate React or Vue front end. I think React is winning for me right now, but Vue is also really great. And then my favorite database by far is Postgres. So definitely going to be using that. And mine is just right now, uh, my stack is basically plain old Gatsby JS with Markdown. But something I'd love to do is play around with headless CMSs like uh, Contentful, Sanity, Netlify CMS. I haven't really gotten around to it yet because I only have one content type on my blog, which is blog posts. So um, I think something I want to play around with is different content types and seeing how those APIs are shaped and playing around with importing them into uh, these static site generators. So let's kind of move on. What is your favorite food? Favorite topic. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go first because Kelly loves Mexican food. Kelly's favorite food is Mexican food. Kelly loves talking about herself in the third person. (laughs) I am. So last year, I decided to have a really awesome New Year's resolution. I'm not usually one for New Year's resolutions, but after I had this idea, I had to do it, which was to eat Mexican food at least once a week, every week for the year of 2018. And I very much succeeded even while I went on vacation to Portugal and to New Zealand. My poor husband had to deal with me hunting down any opportunity to eat Mexican food while I was on vacation. So I think you would love Austin. I think you need to move to Austin because we had breakfast tacos all the time. I have never been to Austin and I really want to visit, but I don't think I'm ever going to leave Atlanta. I love it here. Yeah, we'll see about that. (laughs) Yeah, we will see. Emma, what is your favorite food? So I spaghetti. I think we all know this. Shocker. No, I'm kidding. I I am a huge Italian food person. We went to Italy for my birthday this year, and we went to this Italian woman's home. She owns like several restaurants in Milan, and uh, we went to her home and learned how to make pasta. And one of the recipes that came out of that was a pesto. And so like I've been coming up with any excuse I can to like make pesto. Um, I also love chicken parm. But then we get. <laughs> 
since I've moved to Germany, like I've de- developed like a an an appreciation for the crappy American food that we take so for granted. I really miss fried everything. Like, oh man, corn dogs, chicken fried chicken. I miss Chinese takeout. Like you name it, I I miss it uh, quite badly. But you know, sticking with my Italian theme, uh, I think. Lindsay, you like Italian food too, right? Oh, I love Italian food. So something, okay, my favorite food also changes all the time. But uh, something that my partner and I have been doing a lot more recently is uh, making homemade carbonara because we realized recently that you don't actually need a lot of ingredients to it. And we, you know, when you get a recipe and you have to go to the store and there's a zillion things you have to get because you don't have them on hand. Carbonara, we pretty much always have pasta, bacon, eggs, Parmesan cheese. It's like all things we always have. So we've been making it a lot and it's not exactly the healthiest meal, but it is delicious and so good. I recommend if you're not a vegetarian, obviously, uh, don't eat it because it has uh, bacon. <laughs> but uh, or I think pancetta is probably the more traditional way, but I love bacon. So definitely good. And it's really a cheap date night, too. So that's what we've been doing. And Allie, what about you? Yeah, so I'm a little bit obsessed with Taco Bell. It's so good. And I live really far from one right now. And I guess I did in D.C. too. So it's always a commute, but it's always worth it. Love Taco Bell. And especially for vegetarians, it's 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 pretty on point for that. Can we, we should talk about Crunchwrap Supremes for a second because I wish I could commute to a Taco Bell, but it would take me a few days. Worth it. That's, that's too, so too much. And then... I also like vegetarian sushi a lot, but I have like this total fear of fish, both living and dead ones that you eat. I'm just not a fish person at all, so very much like the vegetarian That's sushi. me too, though. I don't like fish in any context. I absolutely agree. And also, I love vegetarian sushi, and I am a, I'm the yes. biggest meat eater, but I absolutely love vegetarian sushi. Like shiitake maki all day. When they put cream cheese in it, too? Oh, yeah. forget about There's it. There's this place in D.C. that does ones that have, like, cucumber, cream cheese, and then wasabi peas on top. It's really good. Highly recommend. Sticky rice in D.C. I love Taco Bell, too. Um, I actually haven't had sushi very often. I do like sushi, but uh, and I do like fish, but I definitely... Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I just haven't eaten sushi. I feel weird about that. But yeah, Taco Bell, though, that's the OG. Best fast food ever. So I love it. Totally. Oh, my gosh. So transitioning to something a little bit more technical, maybe, for some of us. So <laughs> one of my favorite icebreaker questions that I always ask to new students is what your favorite question is to be asked, just because it brings about a lot of conversation and allows you to get to know somebody pretty well. So Lindsay, what's your favorite question to be asked? So I I mean, this could go in all different directions, but like for tech, I love it when people start asking about accessibility and what it is and like how to start learning about it. I don't like being asked why I should care about accessibility. I love the curiosity though, that people are like, oh, I didn't know that like there is a way to make it so easy for other people to digest my content. I'm like, yes, those aha moments are just so satisfying to me because one, I just love to teach, but I also love just getting those moments of having those aha moments. So uh, Kelly, what about you? My favorite question to be asked is, why are you the way that you are? 
And if you're a fan of The Office, you know exactly what episode I'm talking about. But in terms of non-office quotes, I like being asked when we get on the topic of the fact that I'm a programmer, they're like, oh, so you went to school for programming, right? And we discussed in the very first episode that I did not go to school for programming. I went to school for something very different. And I love that it just opens up a discussion to discuss the different paths that one can take to becoming a developer. And if you have not listened to our first episode on how to get started in tech, I mean, I obviously am one of the co-hosts, but I think it's a really good episode. You should listen to it. Allie, what's your favorite question? Yeah, so I love to be asked about teaching advice, especially how to teach code. It's kind of the only thing I've ever felt like I'm an expert on to some extent. And so love talking about that and love teaching other people how to teach too. And then Emma, how about you? What are your favorite questions to be asked? I really enjoy when people ask me, wait, you're not German? And I get this a lot because my last name is indeed a German name and I do indeed live in Germany, but my husband is German. And so the follow-up question is, I was like, oh, so like, why'd you move to Germany? And I think that's a fun story because I moved here at... For my husband, I didn't want to do long distance. And, and people are always confused because we met while I was at IBM and I was living in Austin and, and he was working at the IBM office in Germany and um, it was long distance. We never actually like met in person. We hadn't met. In, we never met in person until we got married. Uh, I lie. Uh, I'm just kidding. But people are always very confused why I moved abroad. Uh, and yeah, it was I got a job here and, and now I work at LogMeIn, which is actually an American company, but I'm based in Germany. And it's always fun to kind of like confuse the heck out of people when they think that I'm German and then they hear me talk and they're like, your accent's super great. And I'm like, yeah, I've been practicing for 26 years. <laughs> you know, <I'm... laughs> so, so that's my favorite question. I think that's the, the fact that you've been able to now live abroad is one of the coolest things that at this point in my life, I don't think I'll ever actually get to experience. I, I travel a lot to Europe, but I'll never get the experience to actually live abroad. And I think that that's, that's the coolest thing. I think there's a lot of like, there are a lot of benefits and a lot of drawbacks. And honestly, the idea of moving abroad is a lot more romantic in your mind. And then when you actually do it, it's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of trouble. And I've had days where I just sit on the floor and cry because it's so hard to integrate myself. So would love to talk. If anyone has questions about moving abroad, feel free to DM me. It's a super fun topic. So, but let's, let's talk about our furry friends because we've all got furry friends, not including our husbands or our boyfriends <laughs> or... There goes my one topic. <laughs> Someone <laughs> joked. We all posted a photo with our pets the other day, and and I don't remember, but I think we did get a comment of like, "Oh, well, my husband is is furry." Is that was pet? me. Um, <laughs> that was you. Okay, I'm just throwing this out with no context. Uh, okay, Lindsay, what is your what pets do you have? I just have one cat, a floofball named Bella. Actually, she was making obviously cameos you didn't see, but she's making a few cameos on uh, one of our episodes, but. Uh, yeah, I've had her for about two years, and I actually adopted her from my best friend because she was my best friend's cat, and then my best friend got a dog, and Bella was not having that, and was basically not into, even though this dog was actually very docile, she was super terrified of it, and she's kind of a scaredy cat, but uh, she's now the main cat of our household, and super, super fun personality, so I want to hear more about Blair, though. Yeah, so Blair is my dog. She is eight months old, so she's still kind of a puppy, but she's fully grown. She is a mix of a golden doodle and a labradoodle, which means that she is a mix of a lot of things, but she's super, super adorable and looks like a 
teddy bear that's alive and she's obsessed with tennis balls. So Blair's the best. Emma. So I actually have two cats. Luna is the white one and Ivy is the gray one. And I got them, I adopted them when I was living in Austin at a, I wouldn't call it a festival, but it was like a, it was like a kitty palooza is what it was called. And you walk into this room full of cats and like you point at one, you're like, this one is mine. And you just walk out with it and they're all vaccinated and neutered and spayed. And like, yeah, they do background checks on the people. It's not like you can like walk in and like take an animal, right? But I adopted both of them when I was living in Austin. And then when I moved to Europe, I flew them both over on their, on their own private Lufthansa flight uh, and, uh, yeah, now they're German cats. Yeah. Kelly, what about you? I don't have any pets. I, like I said, I, I travel a lot and I don't want to get a pet until, I'm, I'm going to always continue to travel, obviously, but until we like settle down a little bit more and I can be more around for the eventual pet that we can get. So right now I just have my husband, which is enough for me. <laughs> I wish more people had that mentality of like, not adopting pets unless they were financially, but also like in a place in their personal life to be able to care for it. Because a lot of people, you know, the idea of getting a pet is so romantic and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a puppy. It's so cute. And then, you know, you travel all the time, right? And then it's home alone. And so I appreciate your point of view on that. Yeah, I, I do love cats, though. I really, really love cats. And eventually I will absolutely have like eight cats and it's going to be really great. Does Daniel know that? No. <laughs> Every single time. It's kind of funny. I uh, We have a lot of friends with cats. And we also look at a lot of cat pictures online together because we are subscribed to a lot of cat subreddits. And every single time I say I want a cat to my husband, he always just responds with meow. It's just become his thing. And I don't know how it started, but it's become one of my favorite things to just make him meow. So I just say I want a cat a lot. Anyway, that was a fun tangent. Let's talk about our favorite TV shows. Lindsay, you go first. So favorite TV shows is kind of hard. I have like, um, I have TV shows that I've seen so many times like Friends and I always have that on in the background when I'm doing something and I kind of need something that I've seen forever and don't have, not that I don't have interest in it, but it's like not going to distract me. But um, I've had a recent obsession with true crime, even though it terrifies me and I always end up watching a bunch of them when my partner's out and then terrified. But I recently loved the American crime story with the assassination of Gianni Versace. Darren Chris was excellent in it and it threw me off because he played um, he played in Glee and he was this very like peppy character, but he was terrifying because he plays the serial killer in the show and it just like creeps you out so much, but it was really well done. And I think he got uh, some sort of Emmy or award or whatever those, I can't remember which one is which like, no, cause it's an Emmy. It's an Emmy. Emmy's for the TV shows, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That, that one, whatever is the one for the TV shows. So yeah, it was super, it was super well done. Uh, but definitely if you're squeamish, around blood or like true crime, don't watch it because it is kind of terrifying. Allie, what about you? So my favorite is Gossip Girl. I named my dog after Blair Waldorf. So definitely a show that I've seen over and over and over again and still love so much. I kind of grew up with it. They were a couple years older than me. I think the show started when I was in seventh grade and then ended my first year of college. So kind of grew up with me and that was cool to have. I also love the Ali G show. That's the other one that I've seen a bunch of times. It makes me laugh so hard. Ali, side note, I I thought of you because I was watching that on the 4th of July and it's so 
so it's like full of it's the biggest satire ever <laughs> i was just dying laughing it is definitely hysterical so i, I it's so, so good, good. <laughs> it is it's so good it's really bad but really good yeah so true <laughs> kelly how about you so i love the office and i love parks and rec but for shows that are currently still running, I love the Chicago shows, just Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. I watch Grey's Anatomy, and I have proudly seen every single episode of Law & Order SVU. And there have been, I think, over 200 of them. Impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. You have, you have a lot of time on your hands. I don't work. Oh, okay. <laughs> Emma, what are your favorite shows? So, in all honesty, I don't watch much TV anymore because live TV here is American shows dubbed over in German, which is very frustrating when I want to watch House Hunters. And, like, they start speaking English and then they come in with the German voices. So that's annoying. Like, I have Netflix and I I somehow managed to get a Hulu account in Europe. Uh, <laughs> VPNs for the win. But th- I have been binge-watching every episode of Catfish. I don't know why, but, it, like, it makes me feel better knowing that, like... No matter how stressed out I get, at least I'm not being catfished by someone. Um, So that's good. I also enjoy Grey's Anatomy and consider myself like an amateur surgeon. It (laughs) it comes in handy sometimes. But yeah, like Lindsay said, I like friends. I don't think you can go wrong with friends. So, But let's uh, let's transition into another medium that's not screen related. What are your favorite books? Lindsay, why don't you start this one off? So um, I have a lot of favorite books, so I'm not going to go through. But what I want to do is like the ones that have had most impact on my life. So recently I read a book called Body Positive Power. um, And it just sort of taught me and challenged a lot of my viewpoints on like diet culture and even how it's like intersected with feminism. And um, a lot of times, uh, like when, when we fat shame a lot of people and you'd have no idea what their health is is like and it kind of reminded me that I don't need to look a certain way to be happy and healthy and that was super remarkable and I still it still takes a lot to challenge that mindset because I mean let's face it we're all women and we all have to deal with this societal pressure to look a certain way and this book definitely changed my mindset. And there's so many like mind blowing quotes in there that I just like I took pictures of so I wouldn't forget. The other one that was super good. Um, it's called the antidote. And it's happiness for people who can't stand positive thinking, which is a kind of it's a funny title. But basically, it I used to have really high anxiety. And I actually still do. But this book really helped me. Um, Well, let's just put it this way. It's super ironic how happy and positive I felt after reading a book with that title. And it also doesn't read like a self-help book. He's really sarcastic and hilarious. And I enjoyed reading it. And um, I I really enjoyed it. It definitely changed uh, my life. I know that sounds super uh, dramatic, but my anxiety has changed so much since I read that book and how I like deal with it. So... That was kind of heavy. Uh, Allie, what about you? I have a bunch that I have jotted down in my notes for the show about my favorite books, but the one that I keep coming back to that I read recently is Daisy Jones and the Six. It's a really, really great story. It's a totally fictional book, but it's framed like a biography, and I thought it was a biography until like halfway through and Googled what she looked like and then realized it was 
totally made up story. So I really, really enjoyed that one and would highly recommend it, especially it's a pretty fun read. The audiobook for that was incredible because yeah. it was a full cast. And honestly, I don't like those type of books that are music or sports or whatever oriented. So I was a little like hesitant to listen to this one because it's about the music industry, like even though it's fiction. But it was so good. Was so she's good. just a great author. Yeah, she's she really just is. a great author. Yeah. Huge fan. Uh, Kelly, how about yours? So I love reading books on productivity, which is, I guess, kind of ironic because I spend more time reading books on productivity than actually implementing what I'm learning. <laughs> but I really liked uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller and Essentialism by Greg McKeon. Both of them are, are really, really phenomenal reads, on, and they're, they're very quick reads as well on how to prioritize what's going on in your life and how to really focus down and, and get things done. I highly recommend both of them. I also really love everything by Michael Lewis. Um, he's primarily writing a lot about like business and finance. He wrote Moneyball, which was turned into a movie, and The Big Short, which is also turned into a movie. But he also has some other interesting books that are not business and finance related that are worth looking into. Emma, what about you? So I read a lot and I have a ton of recommendations. So I love everything. For fantasy, I love Brandon Sanderson. Everything he writes is a masterpiece. One of my all-time favorite books is The Kite Runner. I mean, it's like a hauntingly beautiful book and I will always continue to love it. When we talk nonfiction, though, I have three that have really stood out to me. Uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek is incredible. Uh, it's all about finding your your reasoning for doing the things that you do. Atomic Habits is another. So making small changes throughout, you know, through your, your day and how all of these compound and to be profound, you know, changes to your career, or your personal life. And then the power of habit. What is a habit? How does it develop? How can we change habits for the better. This one was great and it uses a lot of anecdotes inside of it through the course of history and I love those kind of like nonfiction books that that leverage these small anecdotes. So one for example I think was about toothpaste and how how they basically had to change the habit of an entire generation of people to start using toothpaste and and all of that. So like little things like this are really cool. So let's switch gears. Uh, Let's go back to technical things. What is your favorite type of code to write? Lindsay why don't you start? So I love JavaScript. I like vanilla JavaScript, but I also really like Vue.js. I know I primarily uh, write React, but Vue.js is also my first framework love. So I learned Vue before I learned React. So, and just vanilla JavaScript. Uh, Allie, what about you? Yeah, so I really like like heavy algorithmic problem solving puzzle type code. So I love doing stuff on like Project Euler and Code Wars and stuff like that. And as far as languages go, I like doing those in Python just because it's got a ton built in. So that's what's fun to me. How about you, Kelly? I really love CSS. And if you listened to our last episode, we spent a, a fair bit at the beginning of the episode talking about why we all love CSS so much. For me, I am not a designer by any means, so but when I receive one of the designs from uh, one of our designers on our team, I love making it come to life. I love that I I have the the power to take this beautiful visual design and actually make it functional and interactive, and I can do all of this with CSS, and it's, it's just it's a fun it's a fun puzzle for me. I just absolutely love it. What about you, Emma? Well, you stole my answer, so I'm gonna just say plus one to that, and we can just. Yeah, I don't need to reiterate it. It's all good. But let's now, maybe let's chat about your biggest career milestone. And since Kelly stole my last answer, I'm going to kick this off. (laughs) So maybe my my biggest career milestone thus far has been speaking at conferences. I 
I think I'm speaking at nine or 10 this year, which is like totally insane to me because up until this point, I had never done a conference. And so I had one goal this year, which is to speak at one. So even just speaking at the first one, which was React.js Girls in London, was so much fun. I spoke about design systems with React and it was terrifying because the whole core team, React and React native core teams were sitting in the front row. And I just remember thinking to myself, Imposter syndrome is, is real right now. But that was my biggest career milestone. Uh, Allie, what about you? Yeah, so for me, it definitely was starting my blog. Mostly my second blog, not my first one where I was learning a bunch of new things. Though that one was good too. But just the ability to connect with the tech industry on a larger scale and also to... I hate the term like build a brand, but build a brand in some way and establish myself in the industry in that way. So it's been really, really big for my career. How about you, Lindsay? Mine's actually very similar. My career has had a lot of positives prior to starting my blog, but starting my blog is when I noticed the biggest shift in my career um, in terms of the brand thing, like people knowing who I was and what I was about and knowing like even just like things that opportunities I never would have dreamed of like getting invited to speak at conferences and granted I actually don't have that much time to speak at conferences but I can't believe that I got that honor so yeah for me mostly that um and just focusing in on uh writing about accessibility so Ellie what about you mine is definitely starting my my company uh starting the tap room so I started freelancing full-time back in 2015 and working with other other contractors and partnering up with these uh these other people it just it, it evolved really quickly and i had to shift gears to do something else to really you know continue to grow and it took about nine months from i think i'm going to start an agency to officially launching the taproom uh, at the end of october 2017 and Having that actually happen and seeing how much has has happened since then, as far as my career growth has gone, I mean the the entire existence of the tap room is definitely my biggest career milestone. Where did you get the name idea from? So I was sitting at a bar in <laughs> Copenhagen, and I was trying to figure, you know, I was just trying to come up with a name, and my husband was with me, and. I don't remember exactly how it came up, but tap rooms are our fun place to, you know, sit and talk about and share ideas and talk with friends and everything. And it was like, this, this could be kind of fun. So I looked up to see if the domain was available because obviously that is very important. And it was available for $2,000, which I was like, okay, I'm going to do it anyway, because I really like this. And I've been drinking and... <laughs> I believe in myself. I don't know. Anyway, I did pay $2,000 for the domain name. But I figure, you know, if and if at some point I decide to stop running the tap room, I can probably sell it for even more. To be fair, I thought you ran a brewery. And I was so excited. I was like, I want to be her friend. Like, it seems like she owns a bar or like a, like a brewery. And then I realized it's an agency. And I was like, oh, well, still sounds cool. I guess I'll still be your friend. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> no, actually, when we when we first launched the tap room, I actually, the, the company name up until two weeks ago, was actually the taproom agency for that specific reason. Because I wanted it to be clear that we are an agency and we're not a taproom. And in Atlanta, there's a coffee shop called Taproom Coffee. And there are a lot of uses of taproom. But I actually decided to drop agency from our name just because the taproom agency is really long. 
and nobody calls it the taproom agency. Everybody calls it the taproom. Are you going to redesign your logo then? Yes, we're in the process of doing that right now. Cool. Very exciting. So let's talk about who or what our biggest inspiration is day to day. Let's hear from you, Lindsay. I know it's corny to say my partner, but my partner really just inspires me to take care of myself and to challenge myself and to think outside the box. He is one of the most patient people that I've ever met. Like I, I really love that he's challenged me to express myself in a calm way too. Cause I used to feel such pressure to like never express myself because it might seem ridiculous or people would say I was like crazy or something. And which you know, I don't, really like associating myself that way and he's the biggest supporter of everything I've done like with like with the blog and the podcast and been just taking care of myself so whenever I make a decision to like go to therapy he's always behind it and he's just so such a great support in my career in my personal life when I have to deal with family struggles or any of that he is such a great support and I know it's corny but Oh, well. <laughs> it's not corny. Yes. Yeah, so, Kelly, what about you? So, I'm saying it's not corny because my inspiration is also my husband. <laughs> my husband and I are kind of like, my husband does not run his own business, but he is very quickly progressing in his own career. So, we're kind of going about this at the same time, you know, learning how to manage people and just how to manage our lives with these, you know, more intense work situations. And the way he handles everything in his own business and personal life, which obviously involves me, it's it's an inspiration for me to kind of take on a lot of his traits. He's the most patient person in the world, and I am not. And I'm, I'm learning a lot from him on how to run my business just from how he is just running his own life, essentially. So really cute. Uh, Emma. So I'm going to have to say my husband. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, he does inspire me, but I, I'm just joking. So I think one of the biggest motivators or inspirations to me day to day are just seeing people in the community interact with my blog posts or like get something out of the content that I've created. This is super, super motivating for me. And I think this goes for like any content creator, right? If people are engaging with your content and they find value in it, like that's super inspirational. I also just find inspiration from like the Twitter community in general, because like, I think that we can get comfortable in our own social circles, like where we physically live, but branching out and like seeing stuff that people all over the world are, are creating inspires me to just be better. So, Allie, what about you? Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Emma. That's definitely something that I feel as well. And especially seeing stuff grow and seeing the numbers go up. And that's pretty motivating to me as well. But I also just like challenging myself and seeing what I can do. That's why I started my blog was to challenge myself. And a lot of it comes down to that. I just like trying new things and putting myself out there and making it so that something is hard for me because I think I do really by far the best when I am being challenged and something's really difficult for me. So that's my biggest motivation usually. Okay, another last wrap-up question. If we were to leave tech, what would be our dream jobs? So Lindsay, let's hear from you first. Makeup artist, hands down. I love doing makeup. I actually flirted with doing it as a side hustle for a bit. And then I got engaged and realized I would not have time for that. But doing makeup is something that I don't get to express very often in tech because quite frankly, 
I've noticed that people don't take me as seriously when I come in full glam. <laughs> so I, and it's a shame, like I need to get over that because I should be my whole self. But I think the fact that it takes time lets me be lazy because if it did not take any time at all uh, in the morning, then I would probably try to still do it. But it's just one of the, the few ways that I really ha- feel artistic and creative. So yeah, I love, love, love doing makeup. What about you, Allie? I would totally be a middle school math teacher. I love teaching. I love that age group. That's the age group that I used to work with. Before tech, I was like a summer camp counselor and used to teach people how to rock climb. So I used to work with them a lot. And then I even did my shadowing semester in college, uh, shadowing a middle school math teacher. And I loved that. So that's totally what I would do if I left tech. Kelly, how about you? I would love to get paid to make Emma spaghetti all the time. (laughs) I would love that, but I'm not paying you because you owe me. Oh, I see how this is. Mm -hmm. But for real, I just want to be Rick Steves. Uh, Rick Steves is, (laughs) uh, he travels a lot and he writes amazing, amazing resource books on on visiting different cities around Europe. And he goes on these awesome excursions and he takes people on tours to do all this stuff. I would love to do what he does. Is he the one that writes all those travel books? Yes. Yeah. Oh! They're so, so useful. And I, you know, every time we go somewhere that's not Europe, he does not do books outside of Europe. And I'm like, I need a Rick Steves book for like New Zealand or wherever it is that we end up going. So... If I, I would probably fill in that blank and be the Rick Steves of every other country in the world. Emma, what about you? I hope that I get to do this at some point in my life, like maybe after I retire. I want to open a bookstore slash coffee shop. Like I want it to be part coffee shop, but like have really good coffee, not like, oh, I'm going to get hate for saying this, but not like Starbucks coffee. Like I want it to be like legit. I, I think Europe has spoiled my coffee game. And yeah, I love books. I would love to own a bookstore. Although I think I would have trouble like actually working there. I would just like, read the whole day (laughs) so so I think that's my dream job so yeah I I think that that wraps up our questions I think we should uh let's tell everyone the community win for the day Kelly would you like to be do the honors yeah so this week we are congratulating Holly on completing her first module in skill crushes break into tech blueprints that is so exciting it's like taking a very first big step so congratulations We are all very, very proud of you. So let's talk about our own wins. Mine is very simple, and I feel like this is a talk about my husband episode, but my husband made me a really good cup of coffee this morning. That is a big win. It's a big win. But I feel like that's his win. But that's Daniel's win. No, it's my win because I get to drink it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Emma, what is yours? I have finished over 40 books this year so far, and like... I was kind of, this is so stupid. I was kind of upset about that because normally like I read like 80 to 100 a year and I I guess technically I'm still on track because it's only halfway, but my priorities have kind of shifted. So I'm going to, I'm going to say instead of being sad about the fact that I've only read 40, I'm excited about it. It's a win. Yay. It is. It is. I read a lot. I don't have a social life. (laughs) Allie, what's your win? I finished the code for a side project that I'm working on, and I'm really excited about that. It'll still be a couple of months because I have to work on content and all that for it, but super excited. And Lindsay, what's yours? So this one's a bit of a mental health win. Um, so after 
months of debating it, I decided to delete Twitter off of my phone because a realization I actually had is I love the community on Twitter and they're super great, but I wasn't being really present in my uh, non-work time because I kept on checking Twitter. And then also I just realized that I get, if somebody says something mean to me, I, it like ruins my day. I will ha- be having the most positive day ever. And then somebody says something kind of negative toward me and I just get into a funk, even no matter how hard I try to like push it away. And for me, I've noticed my life has improved a ton and I'm starting to think of Twitter more like a part-time job because it's supporting a lot of uh, my blog. And even though I don't make money off my blog, my blog is a big side project. And if I uh, connect it more with my blog, it's kind of like a part-time job. And I really just, I don't know. I've been so much more at peace since I did it. And I think I'm going to try to do keep it off my phone so I can be a a little bit more firm on my personal boundaries. So uh, mental health win for me this week. So I think that's great. I think everyone should try taking at least disabling notifications because I did that a long time ago and it's definitely helped me. Yeah. So with that, if you liked this episode, please tweet about it. We love engaging with y'all through Twitter and whatnot. And exciting, we'll select one tweeter to win a Ladybug sticker each week. So if you have seen our really cool sticker mule stickers, they are high quality. If you want one, post a tweet about it. Tweet about our our podcast and we may select you to win a sticker. So we post new podcasts every Monday. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting application and you will receive all the notifications. And with that, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.